Hi, I'm Joanne Woodson, a solo practitioner specializing in commercial leasing law. I've been a lawyer for a long time, and I know that there's a lot to wrap your head around when it comes to commercial leasing. The goal of my podcast, the Commercial Leasing Diva Podcast, is to make your lives as commercial leasing professionals easier and more fun. In the podcast, I speak to other commercial leasing professionals who share their expertise so that we can all improve our commercial leasing game and better serve our clients. Today's guest is Felipe Gomez Kraus. Felipe is Chief Revenue Officer and President of Ray's Commercial Real Estate, a specialty boutique firm which helps tenants understand, creatively imagine, and grow their office space, both in the San Francisco Bay Area and now they've got offices around the country. Felipe and I have known each other for quite a while. We worked on a number of deals together. He has a really interesting perspective on office and services and real estate, and I hope you enjoy today's conversation. When we're working in New York and Chicago and Atlanta and all of these places, there's there's very much a common thread in the cities that are, you know, leading in these return to work, you know, higher occupancy, um, and, and they're being led largely by companies that are um, willing to draw a bit of a line in the sand to say what it is and what it isn't. Um, one of the challenges that we're, we're facing is helping to guide companies through the ambiguity, right? There's a there's an, a, a, a systemic fear of the churn that will occur if they make the wrong choice, right? Losing the talent that could come with you. And then if you lose X number of talent and your utilization isn't there, did you sign a lease that was too big for too long? That's now not gonna get utilized. So there's very much that that um, that put and take in this discussion, but but a people first approach is very much why we lead with, with workplace. I mean, workplace led brokerage. I, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, Joanne, but brokerage is the byproduct of good workplace decisions. That's it. Real estate leasing is down the line of all of the front end work that should be done to diagnose why. Why, why do we have a company? Why is this company important to the people? Does this company exist without our people? All of those things, they seem trite, but they are foundational to why you would ever get an office, right? Um, and I think- Yeah, that, and that's... I think what you're raising is a really good point, which is that, um, and, I, and I know you know this, sometimes brokers get a bad name because yeah. when you're only doing that slice of the pie, all you're doing is getting the deal done. Yeah. The perception can be that yeah. that's all you care about. That's now, right. the really good brokers, even though that's their compensation model, yeah. who are invested in their clients, have long-term relationship with their clients, have a similar attitude to you. They've sort of kind of bootstrapped it over time. They, they don't think of it as in the complex, nuanced ways that you might, but they're coming from that same spirit and that same heart. Yeah. But, you know, when you're only one piece of the pie... You can see why, you know, for some brokers, all they want is to get the deal done. They're not looking at this much bigger picture for their client. Um, you, you bring up a very good point because um, when we decided to start Raise, it was with a full understanding of what the competitive landscape looked like from small boutique firms to, you know, large legacy firms. We had all had, you know, various experiences through there. And there are so many great people out there. And I think you'll see as you look at, at you know, what we've built that we've hired a great number of them who were looking for a better way, right? Um, in, that, in the very analog way that you can do it if you have a good heart and want to provide great service, our job of creating culture and building technology, those two pillars 
neither can exist without the other, right? Because if you don't have the superpower that we've, we've, we've built and continue to build, then the culture is great, but it's limiting. Uh, we believe that, that, you know, service providers are uh, capacity constrained, not opportunity constrained, right? Mm -hmm. There are so many things that we do, which um, in the traditional model are uh, just a series of lost efforts. They have to be done over and over again, and you never sort of gain on it. But if you build a culture where you have the network effects of data and you have technology that captures all of those lost efforts, you can take the time to go be a partner. You can take right. a time, the time to, to really have a bigger impact with a smaller number of people. And, and it's that, right? It's, it is, how are we your partners? How do we help you? Uh, and what we do for a living, yeah, brokers can get a really bad name and, and many times it's deserved. Right. We, we started over because starting over is what you have to do sometimes um, to build a company that we're proud of around people that we're proud of. The, the idea that, um, that the only way that uh, you measure success for a broker is purely the dollars in, dollars out, that's absolutely right. not it for us. Right? And so um, the, there, it is unfortunate that there is a, a, a sometimes well-deserved, uh, you know, bad look at brokers, but I'm telling you, this is why we built this company. It's to change right. that. Right. Amongst I them. mean, and you know, I think that, that that can be one of the reasons why brokers and lawyers sometimes can be antagonistic on deals. And especially, I think the younger version of each of us in those roles. Um, but I think lawyers who have that same attitude that you, your company now espouses, which is how can I partner with you? How can we help the client achieve their goal? Are we sure this is the best goal for the client? Uh, when, when is the time, you know, it's an unpopular thing to do, but when is the time to put the brakes on and go bridge too far? I, yeah. I, I don't think that this is really the wisest thing to do. Um, so I think lawyers and brokers can partner, but yeah. it, it sometimes there's a little bit of a hurdle to, to getting past that. Um, so we're almost out of time. I don't want to take too much more of your time, no, this, but I'm going to ask is, you some, some more my, basic this, questions. This is my favorite part of today. This has been so great. Yeah. I mean, I think we could have numerous conversations about lots of aspects <laughs> of what you've been saying, but um, okay. So the letter of intent stage, Yeah. what are some of the worst mistakes that you see clients make? Um, I mean, this is a, a tale as old as time, but, but uh, right, rushing to get a, a, a space, rushing to get it done without taking the time at the LOI stage. Um, yeah. And that's not only a mistake that clients can make because they want to push, get it done, move the thing forward, but it's also a, a mistake that brokers make. This is something where brokers just can't, some of, some people in our business can can just not wait to get, get it into leases and hand it to a lawyer. And if the same diligence is taken on all 35 clauses that should be in an LOI, right? Um, if you're doing it correctly and we're in an environment today where you can. In 2019, in many of the markets that we operated in, it was more of a space race and it was, it was truly the competitive first to the ball gets it and that was that. Um, it would be irresponsible in this environment to not try for every single one of those clauses to be written in our client's favor. Um, and so I think that that amount of diligence and, and staying the course with a broader option set, because again, 
when this is done the right way, you should have three, four, five, six, seven different options. And you're negotiating down through those with, with, with in earnest with all of them to get the absolute best option for your client. Now with, with um, our technology platform, we can do that across 15 metros at the same time and have our clients looking at every single one of those and the economics of each with real-time data on the market and have a contextual view of how things are processing. By the way, I can't wait to show it to you. Um, <laughs> it sounds fabulous. I look forward yeah. to seeing it. Um, um, I think so, that, that one of the things you hit the nail on the head there was, um, and when I see deals blow up, which fortunately in my career has not happened too often, and by which I mean the lease is signed and there's remorse, yeah. is because the client did not do enough research about the condition of the premises. Yeah. They did not kick the tires hard enough, yeah. whether it's a zoning issue, whether it's, oh, we thought we could build this uh, and it turns out we can't, whether it's the landlord's turnkey building standard finishes turned out to be sort of the, I used to say Kmart, I guess we can't say that anymore. <laughs> the sort of Walnut, you know, Walmart level finishes, yeah. whereas this company is really a restoration hardware type oh, finish. Yeah. And they didn't, no one looked yeah. like, and a lot of times landlords are a little tricky and it'll say building standard. The landlord doesn't have a building standard, right? They there's nothing in writing. They just make it up. Uh, and that's obviously dangerous because if your client tenant thinks they're getting a certain level, a certain look. Um, so that I would say that's probably one of the top things that I worry about for my clients when they rush, rush, rush. I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, I think you and I would both agree and say forever and a day that that specificity and and you know everything for avoidance of doubt, making it into that LOI is worth it because it pays multiple dividends for the end. One of the ways that, that at RAISE we have um, chosen to, to impact that at the very earliest stages, I mentioned we have uh, workplace solutions, brokerage, and project and construction management. These are not siloed entities, but rather uh, all three of these are touring spaces together, helping to invalidate buildings that either don't work from the, uh, you know, the, 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 the set of inputs that workplace has, don't work from a zoning standpoint, or you have a project and construction management expert that can look at VAV boxes and say, you know what, those are 15 years old. And in the work letter, the landlord's going to put the replacement on you. So it's very much that, that, that diligence um, that we just view it as table stakes. If you're going to do it right, you have to, you have to tour buildings with the full complement of people uh, because you, you've, there've been way too many times when you've heard that potentially a broker or somebody was, drawing their own floor plan and saying, oh, I think you could put, put a conference room here. And then lo and behold, you can't do anything without you pulling a permit. And now you're in the wrong zoning and the thing goes completely sideways. And so uh, I'm glad you brought that up because we couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think especially the construction project management piece is the piece. And, and frankly, I see it on the landlord side as well. Um, if you, I have some small mom and pop landlords who through happenstance in San Francisco life, ended up with giant high-tech companies as their tenants who have very sophisticated in-house construction departments, but my landlord doesn't. Yeah. And yet they're supposed to be supervising and understanding what's happening in their building. Yeah. And it can often be a challenge to explain to your client, whether tenant or landlord, listen, you have to invest money in this. 
you have to have a construction project manager. I don't care if the landlord's doing the build. You need to have someone overseeing that, making sure that it, you know, because they're going to walk around and say, this is done yeah. <laughs> and your rent is starting. And yep. if you don't have someone who knows what speaks the same construction language, yeah. um, you could be missing huge problems. I, I think, um, you, you know, for the, for the best outing possible, you bring to bear people who are best in the world at what they do. Right. And if you can create a team of those people, as opposed to uh, individual sort of A, B conversations with each of them, then you're able to identify for the qualitative and quantitative, the financial, the, the legally binding, all of those things end up working where both parties are happy. Right. Yeah. And really, that's that's the end goal. A mom and pop shouldn't be putting themselves at risk of being in breach of contract because they didn't make good on what their end of the bargain was because they had, you know, they were, they were underserved from a construction standpoint. And the same well, exactly is true on the other side. That. They don't know what the tenant built because they didn't pay attention. They, they weren't, they didn't have the capacity to pay attention right. because they didn't hire an architect to help them despite me telling them. And yeah. that's a separate story. But I mean, it's just one of those things that can go terribly wrong if you don't hire the professionals that you need yeah. um, consistent with whatever the lease provides. Uh, so anyway, I, I know we could talk a million more uh, hours, but just to wrap up, is there anything else about the current leasing market? Um, and, you know, my heart is sort of bleeding for my beloved San Francisco because I hear such great things about many other markets. But as we know, San Francisco is just suffering horribly. And I know that you your company works in San Francisco a lot. So any final thoughts about San Francisco in general on office leasing or just what you're seeing right now? I mean, we, we were we were born in San Francisco and and um, we were born of the optimism that created San Francisco, right? The ecosystem that brought this place to life. Um, there is still more than enough of it here and focused here that it will come back. Um, yeah. I think that that um, overall in the non-core submarkets, there's going to be a longer tail of challenges that were buildings that, you know, in, in the original sort of idea of San Francisco wouldn't have even been on the radar for leasing, but things right. got to such a fever pitch at the end of, right. of, uh, of the run-up that, that, you know, they did get leased up. And so I think that the economics that govern those buildings are going to be a bit challenging. Um, I think that at a macro level, we're going to see some buildings go into special servicing and, and, uh, and come out of it. And unfortunately, maybe, you know, trade hands, uh, go back to right. the bank, et cetera. Um, right. But I think that for the companies that do have a view towards um, being in the Bay Area, not just San Francisco, but the Bay Area for all right. that it provides, um, the season that we're going into will be one of renewed um, entrepreneurial spirit, right? Because if you look at the macro environment of you know some of the larger companies that are parting ways and some of the consolidation that's happening in the small to mid cap companies, um, there's going to be a great deal of talent that is released to go build. Mm -hmm. And if you match that with the amount of capital that is already in the pipeline and committed right. to be focused here, San Francisco rises again. Um, okay. We, we, that we, makes we, me feel better. Yeah. No, like I, I said, you know, it just breaks my heart. Every time I, I go to the city now, I just love it so much. I've worked in San Francisco since 1986 yeah. and it's just, so painful, so yeah. painful to see the suffering I, right now. I'm, I'm sitting in San Francisco today and there are, there are green shoots. I can tell you that 
I make it my business. It is my business to walk as many blocks as possible. And, um, you know, without, it's not blind optimism. The reality is there's a lot of work ahead and it is public private partnerships. It is, you know, companies commitments to uh, the leases that they've made and the the underwriting that that caused for the ground floor retail around them. Um, But that'll come back. It is coming back. Um, It's, it is, uh, you know, we were talking about the data and we, we monitor that very, very closely. And if you can match that with companies that are interested and curious and want to have a viewpoint on, you know, being there and bringing their people together, um, I do believe that while there's a long road ahead, San Francisco comes back. Okay. All right. That makes me feel good. That's a nice <laughs> positive note to end on. Oh, well, yeah. thank Felipe. I've took a, taken up way more of your time, but oh, it was so great. great to talk to you and so interesting. I can't wait. I would love next time in the city, maybe we can actually see each other in real life and I love you that. can show me some of these uh, technology driven products that you're talking about. I, I mean, I, I would, I would love that. It's, it would be, it'd be great to, to give you the full, the full rundown of what we're up to. Our office is right here across from Kokari, so I'll buy you lunch and we'll have a we'll have a great time. Oh, Kokari was my go-to for clients for years. I just it's love that place. Best. It is the really best. the best. And thank you so much for thinking of me for this. And if there are other ways that we can, if you do a panel down the road or anything like that, I always love to participate. You know, I was just going to say, again, totally an aside. One of the best panels I ever did. I know you'll appreciate this. Is um, so I do this women in leasing law conference every year. And I did a panel and I had a woman architect, a woman specialist in HVAC, a construction project manager, a commercial leasing lawyer, commercial leasing broker, an engineer, structural engineer. Yes. All all just doing a deep dive into a work letter and talking about how if they, you know, we made a fake work letter. If they had known, you know, if they'd been brought in at the lease negotiation stage. Oh, this is a problem. This is a problem. Like someone should have talked to us about it. It was so great. When you get that team of experts together, looking, you know, everyone has their certain different perspective. It was incredible. Oh, I I love that. I mean, that, that is, that is why we've built what we've built in the way that we have is that, you know, the traditional single broker model that is good at a set of things it's not enough anymore right it, it arguably it was never enough to begin with but but and and the ones that saw it like us would always bring in project management would always bring in right but but to build it that way as table stakes is what our clients deserve you know i i that panel must have been fantastic it was really good i have to say i've done a lot of these in the last 10 years yeah. that and i did that one like five years ago still stands out to me and i should probably redo it because, yeah, it sounds like that's again, one that should go on repeat for sure. I think, you know, we tend to be siloed quite a bit, especially commercial leasing lawyers. Yeah. Like we're brought in at this one moment, and especially your younger lawyers, it's leases are so complicated. I always say this to people like, and you said, oh, the 35 things that should be in every letter of intent. So that's the 35 mm-hmm. sections of the lease. Yeah. A lot of those are profoundly different topics. Yeah. Yeah. Like different areas of the law. And it's the same with that work letter, profoundly different aspects of the construction that you have to understand. And no one person can do that. And and, and the downstream, the downstream effects of it not done correctly are not, they are measurable in certain instances and immeasurable in others. Like, I mean, when you try and, 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 and talk to a client 
much more again when I'm talking about sort of 2017, 18, 19, when it was just right. rush, 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 get him in. You say, if we don't do this now, we are at risk of having a 12 month delay to get you into occupancy. Like th this right. is worth it for that because all of the downstream effects of not getting this right are a massive, you know, risk. And, and unfortunately- Our the, rent is going to start- That's right. You know, that's the other thing. You're going to start laying, and this usually gets their attention. You will start paying rent and you will not be able to occupy the space. Yep. So let's pay attention now. hundred <laughs> percent. Because 100%. you have agreed, and we all agreed it made sense that there's this hard rent commencement date, you know, X days after lease is signed. But that's dependent on all these things falling magically into place yeah. in a timely manner. And if you have not kicked the tires in certain respects, you're going to have maybe some ugly surprises. And then the rent is just going to start. Joanne, I feel like you and I could talk for hours on this stuff. I, I need to I, let you go. Thanks what, again. What I so delighted to talk to you and to catch up with you. And like I said, at some point when there's not a blizzard happening, I'll be in the city. And, yeah, we're, uh, we're we're catching we're catching the rain of your blizzard right now. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Be safe and please let me know when you're coming to town. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks again. Great to see you. Bye, Joanne. Bye. I'm Joanne Woodson. Thanks for listening to the Commercial Leasing Diva podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, rate and review us, like and subscribe. You know the drill. The podcast is produced by Sandy Viteri and edited by Matthew Salanoa. Thank you so much again, and we'll see you next time.